Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast, stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. Howard and Anita are the elder siblings of the Sioux family, and growing up in the burbs of Atlanta, Henry County to be exact, their parents' restaurant was home, where they were constantly surrounded by food. And if you caught Chef Ron of Lazy Betty, who happens to be their little brother, he was on the show just a little earlier this season, these two happen to have very similar memories like he does of their grandmother cooking for them at very early ages. And now, having taken all of that and their own paths, Howard and Anita have been feeding Atlanta for many years now. Through Gezzo's, which is a West Coast-style burrito joint found south of the city, and also Sweet Auburn Barbecue, which you may or may not be familiar with. But these two are also two of the OG on the food truck circuit here in the city, through both restaurants. And anyway, their story is wonderful, and so are they. So here they are, Howard and Anita Sue of Gezzo's and Sweet Auburn Barbecue. Up and down North Island, and this side especially, like on this side of Freedom, it it's so it's still kind of weird because I remember back when there was just hardly anything. I mean, the that that's when like they were working on Flip Burger, and now it's like a dental spa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know what a dental spa yeah. is. I mean, it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> your, 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 your teeth need some rest relaxation. and relaxation. Yeah. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the dental spa on <laughs> North Highland Avenue. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's crazy to see how much just, I mean, I, I just interviewed Jeb Aldrich from Tiny Lou's and we just talked about how much, you know, and just like a few of like the little squares east of Boulevard, like north of Freedom, like still like kind of straddling ponds. Like there's just like little things that are just like pop, 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 and like yeah. apartments and now restaurants and it's like new concepts and, you know, and then like Pond City Market, <laughs> like just, just in the past like Pond four City years. what? Yeah. Like What's where that? is that? Yeah. You guys heard of Pond City yeah. Market? Yeah. It's this place that's right down the street. It's small. It's yeah. It's not that big, <laughs> no big of a deal. deal. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys on the show though. Thanks um, for having us, man. This yeah. is great. So this is really cool because I, I had a chance to interview your brother, Mr. Mm. Ron mm-hmm. Sue, and, um, never heard of him. Yeah. He sounds like a pretty <laughs> infamous guy. He's, he's like a little bit of a reclusive individual. Um, <laughs> you guys just want to spend like 45 minutes just ripping on Ron. We sure. need to just don't call him chef Ron Sue. We call him Ronard in our Ronard? family. <laughs> Actually, Ron. we add a little L to the beginning. I don't know why, but we call him Le Ronard. Maybe it sounds more French that way. Oh, <laughs> Le Ronard. Or more goofy. I like that. I like that. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was really fun to catch up with him. You know, and we, um, gosh, I think we just sat in some chairs over at Proof Big Shop over on DeKalb and just had some coffee. He had a giant croissant that was like the size of the table. And uh, we just caught up about, um, you know, this was before Lazy Betty was open, you know, and um, we chatted about Final Table and... Um, yeah, we were talking about you guys a lot and he was like, no, 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 you know, like we need to talk about me. So but now we get to talk about you guys That's and then <laughs> you get to bring all of like the, you get to heap on all this stuff about Ron. So <laughs> this is really awesome. Um, but I want to ask you guys, so I'm going to ask you guys the same question separately, but you get to answer, um, in whichever way you like. But the first question that I have for you guys is, um, from your perspective, tell me who cooked for you guys growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Let's go oh. with Anita first. Okay. Um, so growing up, my my earliest memory would be my grandmother. So my parents, like most immigrants to countries um, where they don't really speak much of the language, they kind of resort back to just kind of more, um, 
I guess not manual, but you know, not necessarily like professions that you go and graduate from college in a country that you didn't grow up in. So they, they cooked. So my parents had restaurants and like most people in the restaurant industry, you know, starting off and sometimes the entire career, you're working open to close seven days a week. And so that was the story of my childhood. So my mom was lucky enough to have her mom live with us most of the time. And so every day after school, we would just have whatever my grandmother cooked. And it was the most amazing meals because she also had a garden in our backyard <coughs> with chickens and ducks and um, a rooster. Fresh, and so fresh vegetables, yeah, Chinese vegetables that yeah. were hard to get at the time. Yeah, so we'd have like bok choy and, you know, gailan and all kinds of delicious chives. And oh, we'd man. have preserved duck eggs that she would literally grab the, the eggs from our backyard and preserve them with wow. salt and cure them. And um, so, yeah, we had like the most amazing meals. Um, and then when she wasn't with us because she'd travel to all our aunts and uncles homes and stay like for bits at a time mm -hmm. we would just get dropped off at my parents restaurant and eat all the sweet and sour chicken and we had unlimited fountain coke machine drinks you could have and regardless it, yeah. you know you don't need to <laughs> if you can imagine Howard and I were both very chubby little children because we were like Fanta yeah. you know my parents didn't care yeah and um, I, that was probably back in the day too when uh when the the Coke machine was was a different recipe, like it was actually just like soda water, and then this amazing um, like cane. corn syrup mixture. Yeah. Maybe it was cane syrup. I don't know, I but don't um, know whatever it was, like Coke tasted different back in like the '90s. You know, I remember yeah. like because I grew up in Orlando, yeah. and like getting getting like a fountain soda from Disney, there was straight up like cocaine in it. <laughs> it was awesome so and do you know if they changed the recipe or is that just kind of your observation that it was better when you were a kid i have theories okay uh, that's all that i have yeah. is theories i just remember when it tasted a little bit different but uh yeah that that's like um that is some sort of magic when you're a kid it's like i have unlimited access to fountain soda like that puts you in the upper echelon of all of your friends oh yeah we yeah. were the most popular kids yeah yeah <laughs> yeah my parents restaurant like yeah. you can drink all the coke that we yeah. want like whoa yeah and they all got jobs at our parents restaurant oh, eventually because they were all like yeah we can just hang out there and eat all we yeah. want and drink all the sodas we want and yeah my parents were really chill and let us stay up as long as we wanted to. So, yeah, we definitely were the popular kids. Not because we were cool, but because of our parents. Hey, people got to eat, man. <laughs> That's and when, right. When you've got the right food, people want to hang around. So, um, But, Howard, tell me a little bit about from your perspective, like just growing up and, and being an eater. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, Anita nailed it. I, I remember my grandmother cooking uh, the most of the homemade meals for us. Um, and of course, uh, I mean, our, our mother would cook a lot too. And, and, uh, she, she'd mix, you know, she'd go between, uh, American staples like spaghetti and meat sauce and meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And then, and then the next day, you know, Chinese food, uh, Malaysian curry or something. Uh, but, uh, but consistently it was always our grandmother. She, she just kind of acted as our nanny and just kind of watched watched the the kids while our parents were uh working at the restaurant you know 10 10 14 hour days yeah and uh you know and of course we would we would subsidize some of those meals and go to the restaurant and and get down with the coke machine and and, and fry our own egg rolls and pot stickers and and wontons and and chow down there but uh but that's uh, it was it was always our grandmother. Our grandmother was very special in our in our household as as a child for sure. Yeah. Did she teach you guys how to cook? I mean, did you guys spend time like in the kitchen with her? No. no. I don't yeah. I don't think she ever ever taught us, but uh 
she definitely one of the memories I remembered that uh, that really um, you know resonated with me, and and it was definitely a lesson. Was uh, the time she went into the backyard, uh, and she was like, "Do you want some chicken?" And I was like, "Yeah, I love chicken." And so she went to the backyard, brought in one of her hens, and uh, over the kitchen sink, basically slit its throat and bled it to death while it was kind of shaking, and I was kind of like you know, petrified at first, but then I was kind of like, well, that's, that's, that's fresh. And, and, you know, and, and at the time, you know, my, my love of food, you know, uh, was still incubating. I was just a fat kid, you know, but, <laughs> but didn't think I wanted to really dive into the whole culinary world. Um, but, uh, but it did resonate with me that, wow, that's, that's, you know, I don't think any of my other friends that uh we went to private school woodward academy none of my woodward friends probably experienced that you know like they 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 nobody got to see like hey this 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 woman go back in the back and grab a piece of a a live chicken blood it and then at the same time sauteed some delicious fresh vegetables so you know the hard work behind that and where it came from our parents it was really that was really meaningful for me for sure yeah and that that's such a um you know for some people i mean that's such a uh you know it's a gruesome memory you know but i i think that you you pull the beauty out of something like that i mean i um watching a grandparent or especially just like a matriarch of a family and this is this is the way that food is made it's not um it's not seen as anything else you know and i think it's hard because we're we're so either sensitized or desensitized to the way that food is created in our country in some places and especially when you're stock when you're talking about commodity and it's not um it's not as much of a uh I think the aspect of celebrating how food is prepared and let alone where your food comes from, uh, you know, I've had so many great conversations with chefs, especially here in Georgia, where we're such an agriculture forward state, you know, different parts of the state where it's either you're growing peanuts or pecans, or, you know, this is where, you know, just pastures and pastures of, of, you know, cattle and chickens and, you know, it's large things like Tyson or it's even smaller farms and they're yeah, producing absolutely. livestock for some of the most popular restaurants yeah. in Atlanta. Um, or elsewhere throughout the state in the Southeast, it's, um, it's so, it's so hard to try and get people to attach their own memories to the way that food is prepared. It's very hard work and it's not, it's not just this beautiful, like cinematic experience. Like, you know, if people actually came to work in a restaurant, it's not just people like, you know, flashing oil in a pan and there's flames and it's <laughs> slow motion and it's like yeah. you know someone's throwing a plate and it's the guy wearing the chef whites like it's just it's dirty hard work yeah. sometimes and yeah. you're just trying to feed people like i just need to turn tables so i can feed more people yeah, yeah that's absolutely I, so i uh, i dabble in a little bit of uh hunting and i'm i, I believe the next food movement will actually be uh like a fill to fork movement mm. and uh and and you know i'm i'm not a huge hunter but i've been lucky enough to have some friends that have taken me on hunts and and one of the most interesting hunts that i've ever been on was an elk hunt last year in colorado wow and uh yeah and, and it was my first hunt uh i've never killed an animal that's you know bigger than a bird and uh and uh we went out with a, a, a bow and uh it was the most you know um humbling hum- uh, humbling but just just uh you know a discipline slash rugged and, and, and just adventurous and, and, and just, you know, it was, it was true work to go after that animal with a bow yeah. and, uh, and, and the animal, you know, what, you know, you don't waste the animal. You actually, you, you know, you yeah. eat it, you process it. 
Um, but I had a lot of respect for, for the animal and for the, for the meat and the process, you yeah. know, and, and it makes you, you know, appreciate what you eat every day when you go to the Whole Foods or, or Publix. And, you know, and if you think yeah. about free range, I mean, there's, there's nothing more, uh, pure than an animal out in the wild who's lived his whole life in, in, in its sure. natural surrounding and then, and then has a, an instantaneous death rather than than um captured or slaughtered or or raised you know it, it doesn't know it's about to die and it just dies so the, the the meat doesn't you know produce any of the um endorphins it doesn't get stressed and yeah. and so so that process uh, you know it's made me not only the hard work of cooking in a kitchen but also hey where does this meat come from has been you know very important not just yeah you know organically raised or, or free range you know yeah. but like wild yeah pure true wild you know yeah and i mean i think even in the same vein you know just uh seeing the relationship that now farmer has with chef or farmer has with restaurant or multiple restaurants you know it's it's not just um on demand it's not like amazon for i need arugula you know but now i know you know joe on the farm is growing these things for me because this That's is right. when i would yeah. like to you know put them on my menu and I know that it's in season. I know that you're growing it on your farm. How much can you get me? It's not just, I need this. It's like, well, you know, it's uh, a collaboration, yeah, like and a mutual respect. It, and it, it's, it's what's so, in season. You have mm-hmm. to, yeah, it's your, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just so cool to see, you know, how many, I mean, gosh, you know, chatting with like Kevin and Megan Oots from the spotted trotter or even like, you know, Andy Quattrano, just watching Atlanta start with like two farmers markets. And now I don't even know how many we have around the metro area, you know, let alone, I mean, you know, I, I never go outside the perimeter. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but if you, if you live in Duluth, I'm sure it's a beautiful part of Atlanta. But I'm just never there. But there's, there's just farmers markets everywhere. And, um, you know, just to, to watch that grow or, you know, there's, you know, companies like Farmed, you know, which are bringing, you know, produce and livestock or, um, you know, proteins from around the state of Georgia, but like they're, they're quarterbacking like a way to, to still get you to work with a farm, but you don't have to go to a farmer's market if you don't have the time and margin. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's cool to watch that there's so much happening in the city. Yeah. So, um, Definitely. Awesome. yeah. But, um, tell me a little bit, you know, just, just growing up and, um, you know, cause you, <laughs> you guys being siblings, you know, and then Ron being the youngest, um, you guys each had your own experience of how you got into the restaurant industry. And I thought Ron's story was so interesting, you know, where he, you know, started, uh, you know, going to college and then, you know, started working here, but then, you know, moved all the way up to New York and around and, you know, working for, um, like Eric repair. And, um, but tell me guys, tell me your guys' stories. Like how did you end up like wanting to be in the restaurant industry, but from growing up there? So I need to take that one first. Yeah. So my story is not so romantic as, as <laughs> oh, Ron's I don't story. believe that. <laughs> Whatever. And I think actually a lot of people in the restaurant business have a story similar to mine, whereas it's not so much that they necessarily grew up and said, I really want to cook and I really want to be in a kitchen. It's it's more so that they kind of fell into it and then found it to be like a safe place where they felt belonged and with like-minded individuals. And so for me, it was like that. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily like an outcast or anything like that. I mean, I graduated from UGA with a biology degree and I was going to go to, to do medicine. I had worked at a hospital f- um, for several months and actually uh, studied acupuncture in China wow. and lived there for a while. And um, I, as much as I loved that experience, it just reminded me of like who I am deep down and growing up in the restaurant business and being around food and being around hospitality and serving people. 
I kind of fell back into that when I graduated because I was like, you know, that's just what felt right. Hmm. And it, it took me kind of exploring other avenues to really come back to it. And so it wasn't like I discovered it after I graduated. It was almost like I I, I appreciated it more. Mm. So I fell into it saying, okay, well, let me try this again, you know, growing up in the restaurant business. So this is my second time around mm. and let's see how long this lasts. Let's see how it goes. And at the time I kind of approached Howard with this idea of let's open up a burrito shop, you know, burritos are huh. fun. They're easy. We love the type of food. It's fresh. Uh, we grew up in, Cal or we were from California, traveled back and forth all the time growing up. And it was just kind of the type of food that resonated with us. And so I approached Howard, who at the time um, had, I think, just kind of been a little um, hiatus from a, a job position um, in import-export. And he was like, yeah, let's do it together. So hmm. he, um, along with my mom's support, she helped us get a loan from the bank, our very first loan. Wow. We opened up Gezzo's. And I mean, I when, as soon as my parent, I got my parents' blessing, I went to testing all these salsa recipes and all these carne hmm. asada and chicken recipes on my friends in, in, in a, my apartment in college, my last year of college, saying, look, yeah, you guys are my guinea pigs and you better tell me if this sucks or if this is good because my livelihood is up to you. So my friends would all give me their honest feedback and our recipes developed from there. And so that's how Gezzo started. And then about five years into that, um, Howard and I or no, it was about eight years into that. Howard and I realized, you know, we'd always had a passion for barbecue. <coughs> mm -hmm. I, I had a kid, I was just had a child. So Howard was the one that kind of spearheaded that. And he really, really wanted to do barbecue. And I was like, look, I don't have the time to focus on a new concept, but if you really want to, I'll support that. And you go and, and work on that while I continue to grow and nurture Gezzo's. And so Howard, if you want to kind of continue that story um, on how you and, and let's started talk Sweet Auburn. Yeah, and let's talk timeline real quick. Yeah. So if, if you're not familiar with Gezzo's, did you guys start it as a food truck or did you guys start with a brick and mortar? Yeah, so we started with a brick and mortar for like Gezzo's, yeah. but then Sweet Auburn started off as a food truck. That's right. So when did, what was the year that you guys started Gezzo's? It was about 15 years ago, My so what is that? I think it was like 2001, 2002, roughly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gezzo's was a, was a bricks and mortar idea. Anita, I think, saw the burrito craze back in uh, UGA days and... Uh, you know, my story is similar to Anita's. Um, I actually never thought I'd be in the restaurant business. You know, growing up, I was, I was actually, to be honest, kind of resentful of the, the restaurant business because every weekend I'd, had, I'd have to run the cash, cash register or the <laughs> dishwashing machine at, at the parents' restaurant, you know. So right. my friends were out having a good time, you know, going to movies and then in high school going to parties and I was still working. You know, uh, but uh, but after after uh, being at, uh, you know, in the corporate world for a little bit and, and, and then uh, Anita having this idea, I also lived uh, a year in Hawaii and I actually worked in like a taqueria while I was in Hawaii. So when we came back, I was like, yeah, I love that that concept. It's, you know, and it kind of resonated with me and reminded me of my my surfy Hawaiian days. So so it just kind of kind of came together. And uh, at that point, um, you know, 
that's when I think Anita and I really realized that uh, the restaurant business, not only in our personality slash DNA, um, we, you know, we, we, we're, we're very extroverted people. We like being around people, but also we were bred in it, you know, so we were raised in it. So, so we're used to that. Uh, our parents always had friends at the house that had relatives that would come, they'd give them jobs and they stay at the house. Uh, so the, our house, our household was always filled with guests. Um, you know, uh, that were from overseas because our parents gave them a job and then we'd go to work where you're surrounded by, you know, customers and guests and, and, and the same people you saw at the work, you know, or at home, I mean. And so, uh, so the, the restaurant business came kind of easy. It was comf- comforting. Uh, but what really became the passion was being able to be on the creative side of saying, hey, look, if I, if I do a, if we do a burrito shop, this is what we should it should be like this is what it should mean and this is mm-hmm. the vibe and so that really was um, what gravitated me towards it and then uh and then while we were doing gezas for about 10 years i think um uh, i met uh well i always knew this guy but he, next door there was a cc's pizza and the guy hated the franchise and uh, he wanted to get out and he and him and i would always talk about you know, ideas, and I'd always spit around the barbecue idea, and he loved barbecue too, and uh, but he pulled the trigger and went out and bought a smoker and a trailer. Nice. And uh, <laughs> he was kind of a older guy from Arkansas, didn't really know the hip city Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. uh, scene. So he loved my ideas, and I said, and then one day he just said, "Well, look, why don't we partner?" You know, and I was like, "All right." So so I stroke him a, a small check for ten grand to buy into the smoker and the trailer, and I was like, "Let's do this," and we'd. We'd uh, literally, uh, we'd we he he we'd make the barbecue in the back of uh, you know in the back of our, our <laughs> ge- yeah parking lot and, <laughs> and behind Cece's Pizza and be- behind Gezzo's uh, burritos we were uh, we were making barbecue cooking smoking meats all day and then making sides at the in in, in our kitchen. Uh, at Gezzo's making Mac collard greens. Yeah, like our customers, our Gezzo's customers would be ordering a burrito and being like, are you guys making mac and cheese back there? No. No, (laughs) Yeah. What are you talking about? They'd be like, can I get that in a burrito? We're like, no, 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 this is a side project, you know? Yeah, we don't do that here. Yeah. (laughs) Everything everything we we did was just pretty organic. I mean, it wasn't like a a goal to like become this this restaurant, right? It was just more like for me, uh, I actually had just broken up with my girlfriend at the time and and it need, it was a good distraction for me so we we took the trailer uh to to spots around the city and um you know we did we did the whole like festival circuit you know we'd hit up the sweet water yeah. uh, there's a few uh, festivals in yeah Atlanta. a few you know <laughs> like canlan park and, and 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 it was a great a great thing for me to do to to work, make some side money, but then also like meet people and just get distracted, you know, and, yeah. and all that and, uh, from, from the heartbreak. But, uh, but then, uh, one of the places that would always invite us back and, and, and really, you know, embraced us, uh, was a sweet Auburn curb market. And they said, Hey, we, you know, come back this weekend and set up in our parking lot. And, uh, eventually they were after like doing that for several weeks and months, uh, they, they, they said, why don't you guys set up, a a shop here inside the market where we've got a space open up love to have you guys and at that point uh one of my partners said well let's do it let's call it sweet auburn barbecue and i was like perfect let's 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 do that so that's awesome so we were there for about two three years and um we quickly outgrew it um the market is only open six days a week and closes at basically six o'clock every yeah. day it is such an interesting spot it's I'd, so cool and it's I'd, so cool I, f- I feel like 
the the cool thing about you know it, so many people have this these generalized ideas of like oh which do you like better Crog Street Market or Pond City Market like, go to the curb market it, the it's, curb market it's the OG way cooler I, I feel it's like OG the, yeah I feel like the curb market that's the place for locals yeah and it's it's one of those things that you know you go to Pond City Market and you love Crog Street Market because it's they do a really good job with the branding and oh, they make sure. it really hip and cool yeah. which I mean I love it too mm-hmm. but you go to the curb market to really get a taste of all the different cultures that Atlanta's really made of. It's I mean, a real can, market. Yeah, it's a true market. It's yeah. got an African restaurant. And, and oh, you gosh. know, uh, there's, what, what is it? Uh, Afro uh, dish. Arepa Mia. Arepa Mia is Venezuelan. Uh, the yeah, original grindhouse. Is yeah. yeah, original grindhouse. Bell Street's there. We're yeah. there. I mean, there's like a, a Vietnamese mm-hmm. place there. And it, it's just really cool. I mean, if you want to bring your kids there and really learn about oh, different totally. ethnicities, that's the place to go. It, it's actually a phenomenal place to, to pick up produce as well. Absolutely. If you don't want to go to you know Buford Highway Farmers Market yeah. or DeKalb, like it's a great place to find yeah. things that you just can't get at you know the Whole Foods on Ponce or yeah. Publix or whatever. It's um it's an awesome spot. So yeah. I I remember I remember the first um I think the first time that I had Sweet Armor Barbecue was actually at the food truck park mm-hmm. if I remember. And um, I think very quickly after that, I mean, you know, those days were just like learn, 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 like just soak up every bit that Atlanta has, you know, to really offer. And then I remember going to the curb market and it just it felt like it was truly there to serve people, not only food, but it was really just there to be a true market. And um, it still feels like that today. You know, it's it's not like it's not like this commercialized kind of place like it is. I feel like it's truly an industry type of place or very much meant to serve the public. Well, I think the Auburn uh, district in itself is a historical yeah. district. And so part of their um, their mission is to really support the community around them. So unlike some of the other markets, which are amazing, but are more commercialized and want to draw people from all over, yeah. you know, metro Atlanta, <clears throat> this is more there to serve the community there you yeah. know so they i think do a good job to take care of their vendors their butchers their produce yeah. so you know the, the the locals the people that live in the historical area yeah, can walk sure. there and get their food for that day yeah it's just so cool to see how many brands really um you know they've they've grown from there and mm-hmm. are now a like a multi-unit or multi-location kind of brand i mean like sweet auburn's one of them grindhouse i mean mm-hmm. grindhouse just opened which one grant park just mm-hmm. opened recently or recent ish mm-hmm. i don't know that what day it is anymore but, um, <laughs> i was like that was three years ago ben like, what? when you have a baby it yeah. kind of does that to you yeah i have two and it's oh, like well. everything is like in the timeline of like when were my kids born I don't remember. <laughs> when did you open how long have we been friends i don't remember but um but it's awesome but y- so you guys are growing two brands in tandem i mean one i mean obviously gezos is like you know um, you guys have been going for years, but you guys are growing sweet Auburn. And, um, so tell me about how, you know, you guys went from, um, you know, being in the curb market and then you're know, growing to, you know, food trucks and okay. Cause I mean, at this point, are you guys doing food trucks with Gezos as well? Yeah. So Gezos has one food truck okay. and sweet Auburn has two food trucks and a trailer that we occasionally, if we're like triple booked, we'll pull and, you know, serve out of that. So we have four food trucks total. We have four brick and mortar locations and then lazy betty's our fifth so technically we have like eight gigs that we're yeah. slinging food out of on a daily <laughs> basis so I, I love how different they all are 
You know, yeah. I I, uh, I think I've probably come here the most. Uh, the, so we're uh, to give everybody the setting. Let me throw in my sultry voice. Hang on. <laughs> oh dang! Yeah. Oh dang! Yes. Wait a second it. here. Yeah. What kind of podcast <laughs> is this? <laughs> yeah, like we're done. We're done. <laughs> Dessert I wanna, time. Yeah, I don't, don't want to be on this podcast anymore. Uh, but no, sitting over in in the Ponzi Highland location. Um, this has just been the really, uh, cause I mean, we've lived in like Canner park, you know, over in Inman and it's always been a great place just to walk over to. And, um, it was the place where we would come get cocktails. And, um, I think I've brought, I don't even know how many people here. And, um, the only thing that they talk about is like, Oh my gosh, where was that place that had those smoked wings at? <laughs> like, yeah, that was sweet Armand barbecue. And, um, but, uh, but sitting here, it's, it's just been really cool to like kind of watch the, watch the brand grow and, um, it's just really, it's really awesome. You know, especially, I mean, we were just talking a few minutes ago about how, how much the, the east side of Atlanta has grown. And, um, but this has really become such a staple of the neighborhood. You know, I mean, I, I remember walking down the sidewalk and, you know, tripping over someone's bag, you know, cause that place is just like packed on a Friday night, you know, and people are sitting out on the, <laughs> out on the sidewalk. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely become just like a, a a mainstay of, of the neighborhood, which is yeah. really cool. We yeah. don't so. plan on going anywhere. You know, <laughs> every year we keep investing into this place. Like when we first bought it, the basement was like a mud pit and now we've completely gutted it out, added an entire prep kitchen under there. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm so, I think we're successful here because the community is so supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the, this neighborhood, this new neighborhood's, uh, really embraced us. Yeah. They're really great. Um, you know, there was a little time there when we lost our parking, that was a little scary for us. Yeah. Um, but honestly the neighborhood rallied around us and really helped us, um, secure some, um, the variance, some, the variance to be able to use the deck across the street and yeah. to be able to, I mean, we're probably one of a handful of restaurants in Atlanta that are that required zero parking so I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the way the permitting process works but you have to have a certain number of parking spaces per square foot right um, and we have literally zero I mean yeah so the neighborhood really rallied to, to have us stay so yeah. we feel very grateful for that yeah and so one, one of the other things I want to ask you guys is um, so from I guess like Anita like I want to hear a little bit more about Gezos and uh, Howard tell me a little bit more about Sweet Auburn but tell me um, especially if you've never been like just kind of give give me the rundown of like what is Gezos like you walk in or like you catch you guys out in the community like wh what do you experience yeah so Gezos is is we call it West Coast burritos so it's like a build your own burrito shop which I'm sure everyone's familiar with that concept but mm -hmm. what differentiates us from the others is that we make everything in-house daily um, we're also very focused on a lot of um, plant forward items so like our options like spinach and broccoli a lot more toppings and vegetable items than mm. you would normally get at a burrito shop um and then we're also pushing the boundaries constantly so we've got like a teriyaki burrito you know we've I'd got yeah we've got um <laughs> we're working on like a carnitas one that we're gonna try to do like pickled onions and just some more exotic ingredients that you wouldn't find at like an like a standard burrito shop but i think what makes us really special is that we're always really invested in the community Mm. So one of our things with our staff is we always tell them like, and this is how Howard and I grew up working at our parents' restaurant is to welcome everyone like their family when you mm. come in. And so I think that's kind of what, if you look, look at our reviews and what people pick on, pick up on, they're always like, God, yeah, those guys are so cool. Like, you know, I go in and everyone knows my name and you know, <laughs> they like know what I'm about to order before I even order. So I think um, like we just get really invested 
with our customers. And so it's kind of that experience where it's like a little casual burrito shop where you just feel comfortable yeah. and uh, know you can get something that makes you feel good, but tastes good too. Yeah. So I, I still just think it's so cool that, you know, I mean, knowing your guys upbringing and background and you have this like West coast style burrito shop. Cause I mean, you, you guys were actually born. I think you mentioned this like over on the West coast, San yeah. Francisco, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yep. Correct. And then, yeah. And then I think you guys kind of came back to Georgia and then Ron was actually born here, right? Right. He's the right? only one. <laughs> I know everything about your family. <laughs> I know. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go through like the, the whole timeline. So, do you remember when you guys were at the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably um, remember better than we do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's really cool. You know, having that experience and that you've got, you know, West Coast style burrito shop, barbecue, and Lazy Betty. You know, being one of the very few restaurants in Atlanta that does a tasting menu. You know, it's they're all so different, and it's they amazing are. that it's all that you guys are. You know, same family. I just think it's so cool. I think if you met my mom and dad, it kind of all pull it all together because you realize <laughs> like. We're, our family is a little bit ADD, <laughs> so <laughs> it may not be intentional that all yeah. our concepts were so different, but just because we kind of get bored after a while and we're like, okay, yeah. what else do we want to do? So we got to like, push the boundaries. Yeah, we're constantly yeah. pushing the boundaries. And if anything, we're having to really constantly rein ourselves in like, okay, yeah. I know we really want to open up like, you know, this whatever, what are one of the concepts that we wanted to do recently? Um, I think we wanted to do like a Chinese restaurant, mm -hmm. which, you know, makes sense. But we're like, okay, no, we just opened up Lazy Betty. Let's really yeah. focus on that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so our family, we're just, we just love diversity and just trying new things. And yeah. so it's kind of like our way of expressing that. Yeah. Not that this has anything to do with any of the concepts, but I think I saw a photo that you posted on Instagram recently. I think you guys were celebrating Chinese New Year. Yeah. And the table. Yeah. Just with, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to like shoot Ron a text like, <laughs> This Why wasn't really I invited? It's like, can I come over? Just, so my, good. I, I kind of feel bad <laughs> posting those pictures all the time because I do think my friends are kind of like, why wasn't I invited? Yeah. Um, I, I that's why like, we have the uh, annual Chinese New Year party here at Sweet Auburn. Yeah. So, yeah. so we can invite everyone, you know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, gosh, just seeing that table is like, I just, like, one, I want to come over and cook but <laughs> or two it's like i just want to come over and eat yeah so my good. mom made that entire meal herself yeah she, she cooks to, all day yeah, yeah she got to my house at like noon and just kept cooking till like seven that's and amazing just, and and yeah and sometimes she just does that like on a whim not chinese new year yeah. just like hey let's get together um, that's awesome yeah that's so. real cooking mm -hmm. yeah um but howard tell me a little bit about i mean the, the menu at sweet auburn is uh i mean if if you're if you're really looking i mean it's it's a little bit different like there's some of that like you know chinese and melee influence on the yeah. menu and um gosh i remember i think i had oh gosh some of the wings it was like lemongrass right coconut lemongrass Co yes yep. but yep. that gosh that sauce that they're slathered in i mean it was so so thick and mm -hmm. so flavorful and um i think that's what i love the most about wings like I, I could eat wings every single day of my life and they're always good, but they don't always have to be fried and then like tossed in, you know, buffalo sauce. Yeah. I, I think the, the especially smoked wings, like I, th I think coming to Atlanta, it was the first place I ever had smoked wings. And, um, but especially the coconut lemongrass, like how different that flavor profile is. Like, I think right. that also speaks a little bit to just like some of the influence on the menu, but tell me a little bit more about it. Well, you know, I mean, growing up in the South and uh, having uh, Southeastern Asian parents and growing up in that household, it, it's kind of uh, uh, a reflection of, of, you know, what what 
is special to me, you know, when it comes to barbecue and uh, the flavor profiles that I thought kind of made sense, you know. Uh, of course, you come here, you have your traditional barbecue and you have kind of a, a cool, rustic vibe. Uh, uh, but the, the menu does have some things that, um, that, that uh, I think, you know, lend well as far as, um, you know, every... Of, of of how all cultures kind of have their like grilled meat, smoked meats, and you know they're 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 fatty, they're 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 uh, acidic component. Um, so you know with the menu here, um, you know growing up we would make um, these crab ragoons all the time at, at at the parents' restaurant, and so when the, when the opportunity came up to open Sweet Auburn Barbecue, we we're like, well, why don't we do a pimento cheese wonton instead of you know take a little of that Chinese. Chinese uh, familiarity that everybody is used to when they get their to-go and take out and mix it with something very southern that is, you know, uh, a staple of here in the south. So, and that that has instantaneously been like one of the things we've been known for, right? And, How could and, that and, be a bad plan? Right. <laughs> and you dip and you and you dip those in the the Thai chili sauce. So, yes. Um, and, and it's amazing. And, and Anita Anita lately has been uh, talking to a lot of uh, outside vendors, and, and people have been approaching us about like wholesale and, 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 and packaging the wontons now. So that's like something we're kind of diving into. Nice. Um, and then and then the, the smoked wings, like you mentioned, um, you know, uh, right before we opened, we were kind of experimenting with flavors, and, and of course, everybody likes a kind of a sweet and then spicy and. We said, why don't we do a Thai chili with sriracha and then just add our house barbecue rub. I mean, it's simple. It's three ingredients. And then you serve it with a lime and you squeeze the lime over the, the Wu-Tang, so, uh, Wu-Tang wings, which w- what we call them. And uh, it's a delicious, bright, spicy, um, and it works well with the smoked wing. You know, it's yeah. just fantastic. And, and of course, uh, the, the coconut lemongrass is, is special to me, too, because um, it's just it's just a profile of of some ingredients that I really love, lemongrass, shallots. Uh, there's a, a soy Thai chili paste that I don't think anybody ever has ever like really, I've never seen anybody use this, this, this ingredient before. So, so I love putting it out there and it's just got, it's got a nice umami flavor to it, yeah. and, you know, and it's not very spicy. It's just kind of mild, but it's, it really, really gives the, the wing like a, a nice balance, you know? So, uh, that, that, that's, that's kind of the, um, I guess the thought process here with the menu, you know, is, is, well, what, what makes sense? And sometimes what doesn't make sense too, yeah. you know, and, and, and sometimes what makes sense doesn't really sell. And sometimes the things that don't make sense sell well. So it's, 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 it's fun. It's, it's ex- experimental. We, we drive some of our, our chefs slash culinary team a little crazy sometimes with, <laughs> with ideas and, and the pr- procedures we want. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to trying to do stuff that speaks to us and, and, and is authentic in that sense. And then and if the customers embrace it and, and that's really what we're here for is the guests, uh, then we'll continue doing it, you know. But yeah, uh, but yeah we like to have fun. And, and, and that's what kind of Sweet Auburn is. It's it's we're here in the south and it's it's a staple. But we also want to, I guess, kind of show you a side of a new south that, uh, you know, this is this is where I, where I call home. I don't plan on ever leaving the south. But there's also a part of me that 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 identifies with with Asia and Asia, yeah. you know, Asian cultures and 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 my upbringing, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I tell you, man, the number of people that we've brought here and the the first thing that they remark on is the wings like that, that that has become a um, it's just a it's a button that people want to press of like, I want that again like i i would come to atlanta and i don't live here you know so if i have friends here like i don't live there but if i were to come there like one of the meals like has to be 
like those smoked wings. So you guys have impressed something very special yeah, we, just through we, chicken we've wings. Got, so. We've gotten a lot of attention o- over those wings for Hell yeah. sure. Yeah. So and a lot of I, accolades. I think one of the things that gave us the confidence to open up Sweet Auburn as a brick and mortar as opposed to just sticking with the food truck was when we won the Swanee Wing and Rock Festival that they have every year. Nice. We won like Judge's Choice and People's Choice. And we, yeah. I mean, we were one of the... F- you know it was our first time and so we were just like man people really do love our wings yeah Uh, it's um it's something very special so and i know that i'm like waxing poetic about this but (laughs) they they really are something amazing so i mean the thing from a culinary perspective that is a uh that is a feather in your cap but (laughs) um but you know you you guys your entire family um you know the the biggest thing that i that i really try to go for on the podcast here is you know I, i came up with this like dopey like uh <laughs> whatever you want to call it. it's like a saying you know but uh i think to me like these are the people who are making atlanta the greatest city for eaters and you guys have done so much as a family it's amazing and um i mean i, I think if uh because uh, I mean, Gezo's, I mean, wh- where is the original location again? So it's in McDonough. It's in Henry yeah. County. And my parents. Which is where chi- you guys grew up. Yeah. My parents' yeah. Chinese restaurant was the first Chinese restaurant in Henry County. See, in um, and Henry County encompasses Locust Grove, mm-hmm. Stockbridge, McDonough. South Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. It's South Atlanta. Yeah. So. And you guys have done so much and covered so much ground. So I, I just, I feel so lucky that I've experienced so much just being an eater. You know I mean? I, I don't work, you know, I, I don't work in restaurants anymore, but I, I feel so lucky that there's there's so much between you know getting a burrito at Gezzo's or coming here for barbecue or going to the curb market and not going to Lazy Betty there is so much that you guys have supplied Atlanta with and I feel just um it's, it's so cool to see how much of an amazing tapestry of people you know make up Atlanta and um and again I don't care how biased I am like this is my show and I can say whatever the hell I want so um but uh but no I mean I think what you guys are doing is is um is awesome and it's super important you know I mean I, I think it's it's really it's really cool to see um you know how much exercise and creativity your guys family has brought to the Atlanta area and um it continues to grow you know so um, Thank yeah, you. I mean, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that was, was really, really nice of you to put it that way. <laughs> You're like, let's just stop right now. Sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I'm like, I think we're freaking crazy. But, but Ben, Ben said it in a very good, good way, <laughs> flattering way. Yeah. I, I think if that's crazy, then I think everybody should want to be crazy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just with the last like minute or so here, like what's, what's kind of next for you guys? I mean, I know Lazy Betty just opened, but like what's happening? Like what's, what's next for you guys? So, you know, Gezzo's has been primarily on the south side. So we're looking to open up a location in town um, and really try to grow that brand and maybe even possibly more Sweet Auburn barbecues um, and really just help Ron and keep supporting, you know, Lazy Betty, which we think is a really special um, little place that honors my mom's name. You know, Ron's carrying on the tradition of cooking, which is like a huge part of obviously our, our family uh, story live life unhurried do i have mm-hmm. that right yeah, yeah. live unhurried yeah. Live oh live unhurried, unhurried. live yeah. unhurried yes right. yeah and that's yeah. just kind of like a little um i guess a little saying that we like to remind ourselves to just kind of be in the moment and yeah. be present and not feel rushed because it's so easy to yeah. get in that headspace i texted ron and i said yeah we're gonna come in soon man i think we're gonna come in like towards the end of the month and he said cool make sure that you've got at least like two two and a half hours i'm like <laughs> I can't remember the last time that my wife and yeah. I sat for that long, yeah. had a meal, 
and we're just like looking into each other's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baby yeah. number three coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for wishing that upon my family. I mean, I appreciate that. Um, I have two, so I, <laughs> yeah. I know how it is. <laughs> That's very funny. It's just, it's parent, it's parent humor. It's great. But, um, but and nuts. the last course is a newborn baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Your family's growing. Yeah. Thanks for dining with us. Um, but man, Howard, Anita, this was so great. Thank you guys for being on the show. And, um, I mean, I, you know, I look forward to every time that I get a chance to go to, to one of your guys' spots. And then the next one up is Lazy Betty. So really, yeah, really, thanks really so exciting. much for having yeah. us. Yeah, this thanks, man. This, is, this has been an honor. Thank you. Yeah, see you for a burrito and smoked wings really soon. There you All go. Right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Many thanks to Howard and Anita for joining me for this episode. And if you're down in McDonough, make sure that you check out Gezzo's and grab yourself a nice fresh burrito. But if you're in town, like me, head over to Sweet Auburn Barbecue, which you can find in the Kerr Market downtown or on Highland Avenue in Ponce Highland. And the Sioux family is doing some seriously amazing things here in Atlanta. And make sure that you check out the episode with Chef Ron from Lazy Betty if you haven't heard his side of the family story. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry. <laughs>